Every year, Persephone used the comfort and stability to go underground, to go inside her darkness. But she always rises. And so will you. Welcome to the Persephone's Rising Podcast. I am your host, Shannon, and I'm super grateful for your presence. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Persephone is Rising podcast. Thank you so much for your patience during this time because I'm still just learning to use a digital audio workstation and I'm learning as I go how to create a podcast and edit it. It's so I'm still learning how to adjust the levels. So sometimes the sound might not be as great. But I appreciate anyone who is listening, and I really, really appreciate your patience. Today, I wanted to talk about mental health. In Canada, there's a nationwide campaign for a big media giant, and it's called Let's Talk. And it has inspired me to talk about my own personal experiences, about my feelings about mental health psychiatry, uh, something that I'm really passionate about. I spent six years working at a psychiatric hospital, prominent worldwide known psychiatric hospital in my city. It's a hospital over a hundred years old. When it was built in its early years, which was uh, the late 19th century, it had hospital for the insane in the title. And before it was built, the farmers who owned the neighboring land protested to the building of this hospital because they were fearful that their animals would catch mental illness. Now, this is over a hundred years ago. We're talking around 1880, 1881. And to me, it's very hard to believe that in today's day and age, in 2018, we still have the mentality and the view on mental illness that we do. The general in general society. So today we use words like crazy, insane, and psycho to describe not only people who suffer and live with mental illness, but also people who are different or misunderstood. As I always say, <laughs> you know I'm always saying this in every podcast, we're all tiny universes and that makes it super difficult and sometimes impossible to completely understand each other. So using one of the above words to describe someone you don't get, it's not only wrong, it's derogatory, it's destructive. It implies that that person must have some mental illness and that it's something to be ashamed of. And that's just wrong. I'm sure you remember in the 80s and the 90s when it was acceptable to use the word gay to describe something that was stupid that you didn't like. Honestly, I still can't believe that we did that. I used to use that word all the time. And that's not cool. That's exactly what this is. As I said, I used to work at a psychiatric hospital. It's not something you think about, but it's just something that is kind of unsaid. You kind of assume that everyone is going to be tolerant and non-judgmental, you know, even of their co-workers, their fellow staff. But one one morning, I was sitting there, it was about 7.45, I guess, and I was waiting for the shift change. So we have to wait for the nurses to convene, get ready to convene and everything and do the uh, report. And I was sitting there as two couple nurses, two, three nurses were there early. They were talking about a colleague, a fellow nurse. 
and they were talking about how strange she was and how unwell she seemed and uh, they kept laughing and talking about you know little things that she would do like the way she would answer the phone or what she looked like when she was at work and the way she acted and the way she handled things I was very disappointed I was disgusted and I truly truly regret not standing up and and saying something because more people need to. I, I understand when you're afraid, of course, you're at work or you're in some kind of situation where you don't think that you can speak freely. Of course, I understand that. And that's how I felt at the time too. But I do truly wish that I would have said something. And today, if I would hear that same conversation, I definitely would. Um, mental illness is not always something that can be solved with getting sunshine or looking on the bright side. It has a spectrum. You're not 100% mentally ill or not. You could also be experiencing several different disorders at once, several comorbidities. It's not just schizophrenia or variations of bipolar or other illnesses that include hallucinations on its list of symptoms. Mental illness is not just being committed to a hospital or living on the streets. Sometimes it's a cold and sometimes it's cancer. Mental illness can be the baby blues. That's what it was called. Postpartum depression. It could be social anxiety. It could be a war veteran or a child with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which you can go through after experience a car accident or a rape or so many traumatic experiences. Mental illness could be seasonal affective disorder. So during that time, I don't know what month, maybe January, February, during the winter when it's darker, colder, mental illness could be insomnia. It could be dementia, Alzheimer's. Symptoms and how they're handled could be different from person to person as well. So you could have someone that goes through something and handles it a certain way and then you go to the next person who goes through the exact same experience and handles it differently. That's okay. Everybody has their own way. And that's why we, we really have to stop judging each other. Sometimes you're born with mental illness. And sometimes it's just a result of your environment. Traumatic events, like I said, that have happened to you that you've gone through. If the human body can get sick, then what makes you think that the human mind can get sick? And like I said, there are different levels of sickness. One thing that is for sure is that mental illness is not something to feel ashamed or guilty for. According to the Canadian Mental Health Association, one in every five people in Canada is dealing with mental illness, the same as the United States. And the National Institute of Mental Health says that only half of the American population with mental health issues are actually getting help. On the World Health Organization site for Europe, it says that 27% of Europeans have experienced a mental disorder this year. I think that that's bad enough, but I, I think the numbers are way higher, honestly. This is not something that's rare that you don't hear of often. We're all touched by mental illness. If you haven't experienced something yourself personally, then you know someone who has. It's not just you know someone who knows someone. It touches everyone. And that will continue to reflect in statistical data as people are starting to feel more comfortable with sharing that. People feel shameful now because this is the society that we live in. But it will become more evident as the world becomes more tolerant. I saw a quote somewhere in a movie or something. It was a show. It was a TV show. <laughs> Nip-tuck, I think. Labels are for cans of tuna, not people. 
We shouldn't be classified by just one one aspect of ourselves. We often are. There is not one characteristic, experience, or trauma, or whatever that defines someone. Each thing only adds to the depth and richness of who they are. But we live in a society that is intolerant and fearful of what is not quickly understood and categorized. The DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. That's a mouthful. (laughs) That's a book. And it's a list, a big, thick, textbook-like book that lists every known mental illness with its description and symptoms. It's published by the American Psychiatric Association. The first version was born as a classification system in the American military in 1943, but the actual first official version of the DSM was published in 1952. And this version listed homosexuality as a sociopathic personality disturbance, which was supposed to have been considered to come from pathological fear of the opposite sex. And this was apparently caused by traumatic relationship with a parent. Yeah, okay, this latest version, the DSM-5, and that was published in 2013, does not include that section. (laughs) So you see what I mean? I feel like we think we have the right to diagnose people, even though most of us aren't doctors. And reading a Wikipedia article does not make us doctors, (laughs) even if we think it does. This year, I had to call myself out. I consciously made a decision to stop putting labels on people what they say and do, and my experience with them. And I decided this after years and years of just observing people, observing their behavior, my own behavior, going through things, and deciding that this is the best way to conduct myself. I think that sometimes we need to make excuses and explanations for someone's behavior so that we can put it in a category and, you know, classify it, because we need it to make sense. But nothing and no one is obligated to make sense. This year, talking about my own personal experience, someone slapped a psycho label on me. So in my blog, I say that I use the word slap because it really stung. And it's not because of the implications or the word psycho, because honestly, it doesn't offend me at all. It's the person it was coming from. I was called psycho because of my actions, my behavior, the way I did things, the things I choose to do, continue to do to heal myself, cause someone else distress. I would like to say, though, I was taught that only I have power over what I do. No one or nothing can force me to do anything, which is true. My actions and my reactions, no matter what they are, are on me. I understand being protective of someone when someone's going through a distress, you want to help them. But I thought you were smarter and shame on you, not only for your use of that word, but for your ignorance. And seriously, it's a shitty thing to say. If putting myself first at any cost is psycho, quote unquote, then I will wear that label with pride. Thank you. So as I was saying, there is a Canada wide program every January, and it's called Let's Talk. It promotes being honest, open, tolerant, and non-judgmental. This year, there are a lot of stories, people 
that are participating in this campaign. They're coming forward and they're telling their own personal stories to encourage sharing, to help other people become comfortable with this part of their life. This campaign is sometimes considered controversial, I think, by some people because of the fact that it is a commercial campaign, which I understand. I do. As soon as we see something that is commercial, we think it is just about making money. But in my opinion, things can make money and bring change at the same time. And I also have this to say. I think that opening up and accepting enlightenment from anything is important. Lessons come from any and all sources, not just ones that we consider to be right. I believe that as a society, we have come to unapologetically demand perfection as fast as unhumanly possible from ourselves, from each other, from our world. But slow progress is still progress as long as we are always moving forward. Anything that will touch someone and change the way that they think is a step and different things touch different people. Mental illness is not a contest. Everyone's experience is subjective to their own perception. It's their world and their experience. You have no way of judging it and you have no right to. No one does. Someone once discredited my own experience with anxiety because they had a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder. We have to stop comparing and just be there for each other, supportive the way the person needs it, not the way that you can give it. And if you can't, then don't. It's okay if you can't deal with someone else's experience, but you don't have to discredit it. One of the people sharing their stories for the Let's Talk campaign said it perfectly, and all the stories are on the website. You can Google it. People drown in oceans, and people drown in pools, and people drown in bathtubs. Everyone just has to stop worrying about how much water someone is drowning in and focus on the fact that someone's drowning. So... I challenge everyone to be conscious of the way that you think about mental illness and how you treat people who experience it. I'm including myself in on that. I will walk beside you. It's not easy and it's not a quick process to change our collective way of thinking. But historically speaking, it's possible. It takes will, education, tolerance, and peace. I challenge you to speak up if and when you can, but try. When you hear someone talking about mental illness in a derogatory or negative way, say something. Say it in your way. You want to be gentle. You want to yell. You Do whatever you need to do, but shed light. I also challenge you to share this post, and you don't have to say where it came from. You don't have to post the link. Just copy-paste. Just get this message out. Stop using words like crazy, insane, psycho to describe people call people out who do you hear someone saying that person is crazy oh he's psycho she's crazy call them out be brave as long as you're not bringing danger to yourself or anyone else speak up and finally for those of you who don't understand or even believe in mental illness well you are being ignorant please educate yourself if that seems harsh sorry not sorry the truth often does wake the fuck up. I want to thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate, again, your patience with me as I learn and grow. And I hope you're back next time. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.